Welcome to the Surviving Changes Podcast. I'm Heidi, and today we're going to take just a minute to talk about surviving unemployment. Please try to bear with me. The Law of Attraction worked yesterday, and we had a great time, so I'm a little bit hungover. (laughs) So, when I left for Australia in 2013, I had assumed that the world worked like I had known the world to work. As it turns out, how the world works and how the U.S. works are two very different ways. For starters, I thought that we all shared the same internet, and that as long as I had access to it, I'd be able to find a way to survive online. I had built websites before, I'd sold on eBay, I'd used Craigslist to find odd jobs, I had worked for apps like Uber Eats, I drove for DoorDash, and on and on and on and on. So I just assumed that as long as I had an internet, I was good. But when I got there and decided that I might want to stay, I started looking for what made sense in that regard. And what I learned is that each country's government controls what its citizens have access to on the web. (laughs) And so I couldn't actually just buy a URL from GoDaddy and start a website. That would require government permission. I also couldn't go just make sandwiches at like Subway because there's a law in Australia that says Australians get jobs first, whether they're qualified or not. So pretty much anyone, if anyone else applied that was Australian, which was anyone, if there was a job opening, any Australian applying disqualified me uh, completely. So that's actually how I ended up starting the High Wickham Community Market in Perth. All I had originally wanted to do was sell healthy puppy treats at a little market, and I was constantly told that I couldn't because there was already an Australian doing that. And back then I was still this kind of um, capitalist dick. (laughs) And so what I did was I took the time and I went through three Shire votes and a whole lot of putting plans together. And I started my own damn market in an area where no Australian had a market. And so that's fixed that problem. I also made money on an app called Airtasker where people uh, put out odd jobs and you can bid on them. And so those couple things kept me alive. Uh, I did end up getting my real estate license too and sold a few houses, but that was enough to get me going there. And then in Puerto Rico, when I got there, uh, there were no actual laws that said you don't hire Americans if a Puerto Rican can do the job, but that was in effect how things worked there. So I had to figure out how to survive there as well. And there was this really cool guy called the Pelican Man. He ended up dying after the hurricanes. Very sad. You can uh, still like YouTube stories, as a matter of fact, about the Pelican Man on Crash Boat Beach. Um, He was a pretty cool figure at Crash Boat Beach back then. And he would come to the beach every day about noon uh, for a couple hours with a bag of frozen sardines. And he had trained all the wild pelicans. Uh, So he'd walk up and he'd make this kind of noise and they'd all start swooping in and fly around him and gather all the tourists around. And he'd give them a few. And he had literally trained them to get up on tourists' arms to take a picture for $10 (laughs) Well, a donation, a suggested $10 donation, essentially. And it was brilliant. So one day when um, I wasn't bothering him, I asked him a bunch of questions. And I learned that I could survive by making little organite hearts out of sand and selling them to the tourists for $10 each. Uh, (laughs) So it turns out, if you look around and you're like, I don't know how to make any money, and all you see is sand, even then you still can make money if you decide to kind of think outside of the box so and also so that's pretty brilliant it only cost me twenty dollars a day to live in puerto rico right down to two beers that was food internet living on the the beach and everything so it was great and back then google also had a 
program where you could get your developer's license, your app developer's license, if you sat through their classes and paid $25. And so as I sat on Crash Boat Beach on a first-generation iPad, one of the ones that don't even have the camera, first-generation, I don't know how it stayed alive, um, I sat through most of their courses, ended up renting a computer from Rent-A-Center to finish up the last little bit and ended up getting my developer license. So I now have that in my survival toolkit. And if there's programs like that available now, I suggest that you do it. If you don't understand tech, you will understand tech. Their classes, they that's what they're called. Their classes, they're for you to learn. So I also uh, used Airbnb to rent out my spare room in Puerto Rico, and that covered my rent. And so a lot of people don't know that Airbnb isn't just for houses. You can Airbnb for rooms. You can Airbnb like individual rooms where people are already in there. You can Airbnb uh, your backyard for tents. You can Airbnb your treehouse. You can Airbnb any anything like that. As a matter of fact, there's an Airbnb in Puerto Rico that is a treehouse that was I don't I doubt it's still there now, but it consistently rented for like three hundred dollars a night. So build yourself a treehouse if you're near an area where people can <laughs> can get to you. And there you go. So as I had said before in an earlier episode, I was lucky enough to be in Seattle when the hurricane had hit Puerto Rico, and uh, I have never been back. I wanted to, but I'm partial to power and water and where I lived on the west side. Some people still don't have those things consistently. So I picked Cabo as the next place to call home. But during the time I was in Seattle, a good friend got diagnosed with some life-changing news of his own. He had been told that he was probably going to die of cancer. And Now, back when I had been living in Australia, I took some energy and healing classes. And he really gave me a hard time um, about these classes during that time. Like, a really hard time. Like, well, rocks are going to heal me, crystal healing, Reiki, you know, stuff like that. Um, but now he is being told, uh, you're, you're likely going to die no matter what we do for you. Or here's what we can do, but uh, you're probably not going to make it regardless. So at that point, he's like, okay, Heidi, um, I tell you what, I know I gave you some shit about those things, but this is, this is where I'm at, and I would appreciate it if you could come spend like a week teaching me that stuff. And so the week ended up turning into several months, and by the uh, he got through it, um, or is getting through it. It's five years before you actually are through it. So anyway, but by the time I was finally headed to Cabo, I literally had a thousand dollar van, an air mattress, a few hundred dollars that was given to me to get me as far down the road as I could could get. Um, he had gotten through as much of his chemo radiation that he could, he had been cleared as much as possible, and I hate the cold. And so I just wanted to get as far south as I possibly could before the cold started setting in, uh, and Pullman is where he was at. And I figured out that I'd be able to make money wherever it was that I ended up being, so off of some app. And then that allowed me to get farther on down the road. As it turns out, DoorDash allows you to deliver food with your puppy in your vehicle. And so uh, I drove for them in Phoenix long enough to get the van ready uh, to hit the road again. That got me down to Yuma, where I actually lived in the van with my puppy outside of a shelter for a little while. 
and I could go in in the morning and take a shower for free, get a little breakfast, and then go drive for DoorDash in Yuma because that's right on the border. That's the last spot before you cross over into the Mexican border. And I at least now had enough experience to know I wanted to be as prepared as possible crossing that border as I could be. And so saved up as much money as I could, didn't pay for anywhere to stay, and stayed at that shelter. Um... <laughs> and with that and a little help from my friends I ended up crossing the border and uh, me and my puppy ended up making it to Cabo on fumes and hope So, and now that I'm here I've added the tour business to my money making list by starting CaboInAClick.com I sell tours on TripAdvisor Viator, Expedia and all the places that people book activities uh, that they want to do in Cabo and it's awesome because you also get free tours and that's <laughs> also why I'm hung over today and not going to go through each of the individual apps that I've used to make money over the years in different countries but there are a ton of them so look for them uh, instead of if, if you're out there trying to put in resumes and applications instead of trying to call someone else boss recognize that there are apps out there that allow you to be your own boss you literally turn them on when you want to work you turn them off when you don't want to work uh, you certainly will never get rich with them because the people in Silicon Valley make sure that they are getting rich on them but you will always make sure to have enough work and enough part of the winnings <laughs> profits that's what winnings is what they call it in mexico it's awesome um to keep you to where you can survive so look into some of those apps if you're unemployed right now uh the ones that i would check if i was you would be airbnb turns out like i said if you can put up a tent you can actually airbnb airbnb experiences if you are a local i don't know what it is like in seattle if you everything's closed now so that's a horrible uh <laughs> an actual um, example, but for example, someone, when I was living in Seattle, I would, it was not like it is bad as it is now. So I could have actually used Airbnb experiences and put up a little profile that says, Hey, I'll take you on a walking tour of Seattle. We'll hit the Pike Plakes market. We'll hit a few breweries or, you know, things like that. So Airbnb experiences allows you to take your own personal experience and not be a business and share it with people. So look into that. Uh, because even if you're in a place that's closed, it turns out they have online and virtual experiences. And so I've started for one of the local shelters down here. Uh, and I need to actually finish it or get someone else to do that part of it. But um, an online experience where they can meet the foster puppies, the puppies that are up for adoption and things like that. So you can literally use Airbnb experiences for just about anything. Hip Camp is uh, an app that you might want to look into. It's where you let people camp even literally like in your driveway. So especially nowadays, people need somewhere safe to be. And so uh, on my drive down, another place that I was stopped for a little while is Dolan Springs. And in Dolan Springs, how I made my way there was I helped the gal. She had five acres that she Airbnb'd, and that's how I met her. But there was five acres out back that was just flat. And I'm like, why aren't you hip camping that? And she's like, what's hip camp? And I'm like, well, Hip Camp allows you to put let people come put tents up there and they pay for it, just like Airbnb. And she laughed at me and she said, no one's coming to Dolan Springs to camp. And I'm like, well, I'm waiting for my plates because my 
license plates I needed to get sent to me from Washington. They had expired during that time. And so I said, all right, you let me stay for free for 10 days while I'm waiting. I'll set you up a hip camp and we'll see what happens. And literally two months after I got to Cabo, she called me. She's like, oh my God, is there any way we can slow it down? And so don't discount hip camp. Um, 10 bucks for someone to sleep in your driveway or in your field turns out adds up and they'll pay more and more and more depending on what you have. Airtasker is one where you can, um, like I said, I did in Australia, you can do odd jobs. People put up odd jobs. I think that it is now moved to the United States, so you can check that out. Uh, if you're in an area that is open, you can become a TripAdvisor supplier like I am, and they're actually affiliated with 3,400 other companies worldwide, and so they do all of the selling for you. You literally just, it's a very good gig. So if you are in an area that's open, check into that. Um... And one of the last ones that I would suggest, at least at this point, because this hangover is starting to hit, and I'm ready to lay down, so, is Commission Junction. And you can become an affiliate on that and make some money there. Um, there are people that make good livings doing just affiliate marketing. So those are all things that you can do from home. I am off to nurse my hangover. Uh, this is the Surviving Changes podcast. I am Heidi, and I will see you back here tomorrow.